Welcome in listeners to another exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a incredibly exciting uh, guest. We have an incredibly exciting episode for you today. This is a Whisper in the Wings first. Joining us today is Stuart Brown, who is, I mean, the, the, the master, the owner, the creator, creator all that, <laughs> of the radio station, Sounds of Broadway. So, Stuart, welcome to Whisper in the Wings. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, why don't we start off? I mean, this is, this is incredible that, that we've been able to connect. I mean, a radio station uh, all about Broadway. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? So it is Sounds of Broadway, and, and uh, I couldn't believe I actually got the domain name, soundsofbroadway.com. So it's wow. very easy to remember for all your listeners. And it is a 24-7 online Broadway radio station, and I program all the playlists. So there is no computer picking things out. Uh, there's no market research. I come up with what I'm going to play. I have, oh, about 5,000 songs from over 650 musicals in my database. And these are off-Broadway, Broadway, the London stage. I like to mix things up. So I like to say you'll hear well-known and familiar songs, but you'll also hear a healthy dose of obscure songs from shows that may be closed in one night were not that successful, but still has great music. So you'll hear the Hamiltons, My Fair Lady, Wicked, things like that. But you'll also hear shows like It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, or Little Abner, uh, other shows that many people don't know about. So that's part of the station. And I have a lot of resources. If you go to the website, we have a daily all request program, 8 to 10 p.m. every night. There's no other radio station, uh, especially nowadays. You know, you always listen to radio stations. Well, send me a tweet or post something and I'll try. They never get it on. This is something where you go in to the website, click on the request tab, you search our database, you pick the songs, and they'll air between 8 and 10 p.m. And that's every single night of the week. Wow. I even have a weekly trivia quiz. There's over a hundred trivia quizzes that I have created and they're fun and they're not too hard. I mean, you have to have a little bit of Broadway knowledge, but I think a lot of listeners, if they are somewhat into Broadway, they'll find them to be a lot of fun and they're all categorized. So um, there's a lot there for people to, to dive right into. That is so awesome that I mean I, I I'm feeling a little nostalgic back in the days when you could call up the radio station between those hours and put that request in and who are you dedicating this song to and and literally like you mentioned I mean I haven't listened to a radio station in forever but I do remember hearing like you know tweet me your request da, da, da. and yeah it, it sounded like the same playlist they played at at the noon block you know and so to be able to to actually send in a request and then tune in and wait just oh that that just takes me back to you know i'm not gonna date myself there but my younger days you know and how exciting that's incredible well one thing you just said is also what i i, I pride myself with the station is you will hear dozens and dozens of shows 
I do not repeat myself. I do not have a very tight playlist, which means I'm going to focus on a few shows and just play music from those shows. And a lot of other Broadway stations, satellite stations, that's what they do. And I get a lot of emails from people saying, thank you for sort of expanding my mind and not just playing the same things over and over again. I also like to say, if you send me an email, I will respond within 24 hours. So it's not one of these bottomless pits where if you think that you want to send an email and, oh, maybe I hope he'll get back in touch with me. No. And I love when people email me and give me suggestions. There are a number of items that I do on Sounds of Broadway were from listener suggestions. Perfect example. Someone a number of months ago said, why don't you do a complete cast recording? And I said, well, you know what? I, just, I never thought of it. Boom. Every, well, it debuts Friday, but it plays three times a week during different times, a complete cast recording. I called Curtain Up. And I try and tie it in with an anniversary. So, for example, this Friday is the, oh, I don't know the number, but it's the opening of the anniversary of the opening of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee mm -hmm. during its world premiere at the Barrington Stage Theater. So before it came to Off-Broadway, before it came to Broadway, eh, it's a good excuse. So this Friday, the complete cast recording of Putnam County Spelling Bee, I, a few odds and ends, fun facts I mentioned about the show, and then play. That was a listener suggestion. So I love when people just email me, but if they say, Stu, how about if you do this or that? More than willing to think about it. That's fantastic. And, and I love the human factor you're bringing into this. That, I don't think a lot of listeners realize how non-human radio is. There is a human probably like pushing a button, but the interaction, it, it just, it's, it's not what it used to be. It really is kind of like a, a, a real thing of the past, like probably going to get, you know, uh, a fantasize in a Stranger Things episode. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a thing of days gone by. Well, so. I, I started off in college radio. I'm afraid to tell you how long ago, but, um, you know, back in the mid 1970s. And it was great because, you know, you had people calling in, you know, you had vinyl. It was, it was a much more, involved process where today I, I used to do a show near my home at a, a college. This was way after graduation. I did one for 25 years and students would come in because it was a college radio station. They'd come in with their laptop. They would plug their laptop in, turn it on, press a button and sit back because they had programmed all the shows. And I'm thinking, but where's the spontaneity? What about going to the record library? You know, record library, a lot of college stations don't have it anymore because they were filled with vinyl, with LPs, and that takes a lot of storage space. But I would still go to the library and, oh, you know, we, I just played this song. This is a perfect song. Or, you know, you call me and say, hey, how about let me go check the library? Well, these students, no spontaneity, no creativity. And, you know, that's kind of where college radio is at. So I'm the anti-automation. You know, like I said, I spend hours every week putting lists together and then talking about some of the shows. So I'm going to give you fun facts about the show. It's not just going to be, well, we heard X, Y, Z. It's going to be, 
well, we just heard this. And did you know or something interesting that is going to something, again, that you don't know about and that you'll be thinking, oh, you know, that was really nice or I didn't know that. I'm going to have to listen some more. That's fantastic. So how did you come up with the idea of this radio station? So I mentioned that I had been doing a radio, an hour-long radio show at a college near me because what people don't know about college radio, for the most part, college radio is not just college students. You have what are called community members because especially nowadays, I don't know how the popularity of college radio has gone kind of downhill. So you need community members to help fill the, fill the, the uh, spaces. So I was working at a college and had done that for 25 years, an hour-long program. It's not that far, but if my show was at, let's say, 5 o'clock, 5 to 6, get in the car at 4.30, drive there, hour show, get back. You know, it's a couple-hour commitment if it's raining, if it's snowing. And I had been talking to one of the DJs, and he said, oh, well, you know, you can run your own radio station now. There's now the technology. And he gave me the name of this company, and I looked it up and sort of thought, hey, this could work. So now I don't have to travel. My travel is maybe down to my basement studio to record the programs. So I've been doing it for three years now. And I have, I checked before we went on the air, um, let's see, 80,000 listeners. Uh, there's about 30,000 unique listeners a month from countries all over the world. I mean, Nepal, the Ukraine, Brazil, the Philippines. The Philippines is my number two market. Do not ask me why. I, uh, I <laughs> Israel, the United States, Canada, Mexico. I mean, people all over have found the station and are listening. So once I found out about the technology, I said goodbye to my work at the college station and just started my own station here. And it's been great. We've talked about the development of the show, which is amazing. And don't give away all your trade secrets, obviously. <laughs> um, is there a message or a thought from your station that you maybe hope audiences walk away with or take away with you? I, I have a dual thought or, or dual purpose. One is first to entertain that this is great music and everyone loves Broadway songs. People might say they don't, but they do more than others. So I like to entertain with the music that's out there, but I also like to educate. And I was a college administrator for over 30 years, recently retired. So I guess that education part of me is, is in my blood. So again, when I talked about these obscure shows or shows you might not be aware of, artists that maybe started off their careers, here's their debut, or I didn't know this person, for example, um, this is dating myself, but the, one of the actors that comes to mind, Alan Alda. So if you remember MASH and all these movies, well, Alan Alda was in a Broadway musical you know, called The Apple Tree. Uh, so there just a lot of 
great information. I like to give the audience and also, like I said, expose them to songs and shows that they probably have never, ever heard of and they would never hear of unless they tuned into Sounds of Broadway. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love all of that because as we on Stage Whisper do every week when we break down uh, a different show and we talk about notable cast members, there was a stint for the longest time. You know, one of the big names in, in the Broadway media right now is Katrina Lang. And she was coming up in all these different shows that we were naming, particularly like Spider-Man. And um, I think it was Next to Normal was another one. And my wife and I both looked at each other and were like, wait a minute, we've seen Katrina Lang how many times? Because I thought the first time I'd seen her was in Indecent. And now I'm looking back and I'm going, oh my gosh, look where she was at here, 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 here. And I'm like, I guess everyone did have to start somewhere. Not everyone just comes on as the star of a show. So they all started somewhere. And you start to go down that rabbit hole and, and maybe you look a little further in and you discover, like you mentioned, these lesser known shows that have these great songs or whatnot to it, you know? Um, and I also, I was, well, I was just the other thing I was going to say as far as sort of what I'm working or hoping to do with the audiences is as far as education, but also about the diversity in musical theater. I think in the theater world, we talk about diversity, multiculturalism, but when it comes down to the music that is played, eh, it's kind of, I think, lip service. I mean, you have the well-known shows, The Wiz, Dreamgirls, shows like that, but I focus not only on those shows, but again, shows that you've never heard of, but have a unique history on Broadway. So for example, Blackbirds of 1928, uh, Hallelujah Baby, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. There's an off-Broadway musical, Bella, An American Tall Tale. Most people have never heard, maybe Hallelujah Baby, because again, here's a fun fact about Hallelujah Baby. So Julie Stein wrote the music along with uh, Betty Comden and Adolph Green. Julie Stein has written so many great musicals, Funny Girl, Gypsy, the Tony Award that he won. He won only one Tony Award, and that was for Hallelujah Baby, which opened and closed very quickly. Nice. So people might be familiar with that, but shows like Inner City. So I like to point out that you know there's a lot of music being done by a lot of creative people. And so that's another part of what I like to do with, with Sounds of Broadway. That's fantastic. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm predicting the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who do you hope have access to the show, to the radio station? Well, I, would, I, I guess the entire world. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's where I figured it was going to go. But is there any, anyone in particular you want to have access to? Well, I, I would like, first of all, to let people know that this is free. There's no subscription. There's no charge. So you go to soundsofbroadway.com and right on the website, there's a button to press. There's also an app. Everyone has an app. So for iPhone, Android device, your Amazon Echo. Uh, but I just, I want the music to be out there. So I'm not, you know, I'd love to, I'd love it to sort of seep into all those influencers out there. So then, you know, my, my numbers will skyrocket, but you know, I really want the average person and especially, you know, someone like yourself who loves Broadway musicals was not aware of the station to 
be exposed to that. And then you can make your up your minds like, wow, I, I really like the selections or oh, still you're a little, you know, kind of going off in left field there. But so I, I want it to be open to as many people as possible, really just to spread the word. And it's a lot of fun when I look at my stats because they're real time stats and there's like a map of the world and these little mm -hmm. like pin pricks that, you know, it's like, I mean, not the other day, like I said, I, you know, I had a, you know, a listener in Nepal. Nepal? I mean, it's like, that's crazy. And then I saw the Ukraine. I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going on in the Ukraine? And someone's tuning into Broadway music. So, um, you know, I just try to get the word out, not only in the US, which is our my biggest market, but really everywhere. I, I love that. And I, I, I love that you also go down the rabbit hole in different musicals, not just the current ones, because my wife and I are both the kind of people that geek out at record stores. Yes, we do the LP, the vinyl. And when we find those like original casts from like the 1940s and that, like I, I can look over and I can see we have the original Zero Mostel, Fiddler on the Roof. Like we geek out at finding those. We're like, oh my gosh, you know, those, that is our jam. And, and I, I don't know that a younger generation would appreciate that as much not because they're young but maybe just because they haven't heard it or they don't know about it as much so the fact that your station's kind of going all of this stuff happened is great and you love that but there's all this stuff before too that you're probably going to love as well and take a listen to that because that that happened with me my 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 mom i love theater because of my mom she raised me on phantom of the opera and lemas and all that but through that, she also exposed me to other shows that I'd never seen. I just heard the music and I went, well, that sounds cool. I want to hear more stuff like that. And boom, there I was hooked. And I wish that this radio station existed 18th years ago for me to just be like, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. I, you know, just well, get that I, in my blood. I'm giving you permission to OD on it now. Done, sold. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, LPs. Uh, I have a couple hundred LPs and, I mean, between LPs and CDs and now the, the record companies send me digital downloads. You know, I have like a thousand in my collection, which sounds like a lot, but there are a lot of people out there that have, that have more than me. But it's, it's fun, but it's also very frustrating to look for vinyl because, number one, a lot of vinyl, you know, used record stores have closed. Uh, number two, I have to find real obscure stuff because I have a lot. And I, I'll occasionally get emails from friends, like with a, a picture. Hey, Stu, do you have this? I'm like, yeah, sorry, I got that one. Or yeah, I have that. So I'm always looking. And I, every time I go visit a town, not New York, I mean, there are a couple of places in New York I go to, but you know, in other cities, if they have a used record store and to see w what they have. Unfortunately, a lot of it is, oh yeah, those 10 LPs, that's our Broadway section. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. But, um, you know, you can find some great things. There's this uh, 1985 science fiction musical, uh, partly written by Dave Clark of the Dave Clark Five called Time. And you have Julian Lennon, Leo Sayre, Cliff Richard are on the album. And some of the songs are just fantastic. I don't know why they were not even released as singles. So, you know, that's something I found. 
at a used record store. I had no clue what it was, but it, it said cast album. I said, okay, I don't know. It wasn't that expensive. And I bought it and, you know, I, I play one or two selections every week from that recording because I, I just love it so much. That's amazing. I, okay. I have a new goal now. There you go. I'm get back from my brother's wedding. I, I'm going to use record store. I'm going to be looking and trying to find those obscure things for you. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's one of the things I, I hope for my, my all request program eight to 10 every night is that, you might hear me say something. A listener might say, time, I had never heard of it. What is he talking about? Okay, I'm going to go to soundsofbroadway.com, click on the request tab, and you can make your request at any point during the day. I'm going to search for the musical time, and I'm going to, you know, let me click on these two songs or three songs to listen to. So, you know, in, in a sense, you can preview some cast recordings to see, okay, you know, I Hey, I like maybe three or four songs. Maybe I'll buy the whole or I'll download the whole cast album. And I do like to mention when I'm playing certain songs like, oh, this is one of my favorite cast albums. And, and you might be sitting there at home listening. I have never heard of this thing. Why is he saying this is his favorite? And then hopefully you'll listen and say, hey, not bad. Yeah. And one thing leads to another and you never know. Yep. show Sage Whisperer, as I've mentioned, we not only delve into shows and break them down um, based on the design and the story and everything, but we also talk about uh, our personal experiences in the theater. So I kind of want to uh, now talk to you about some of your personal experiences in the theater. Uh, and I, I want to kick things off with a question um, and asking you, what shows in the past have inspired you or, or do you love? And we can even broaden that to writers and composers. Well, I have, I always get asked the question of, so what's your favorite show? And <laughs> I, I definitely deflect that by saying, you know, I'll give you like my top five or top mm -hmm. 10. And some of the shows, again, you're, you're going to scratch your head, but uh, so I was thinking about this and just a few. So the original production of the producers, and I say the original because I talk a lot about my show on, on, on Sounds of Broadway. To me, casting is almost everything. And, and I'll explain why in a second. But Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane in the show, the producers, it was, it was flawless. It was perfect. So that's one of my all time favorite, an American in Paris, which was just a few years ago. And if you go to the theater with me, because I'm, uh, I'm also a theater critic. I'm president of the Connecticut critic circle. I'm also a member of the outer critic circle. So I go to 50, 60, 70, I don't know, shows a year in New York and Connecticut. If you sit next to me, I will not stand up at the end of a show. I only stand up at the end of the show 
because I want to see the stage or I'm getting my coat on. I do not do standing ovations. To me, standing ovation is the most, it, it's, it's so overdone. However, an American in Paris, I gave a standing ovation. At the last sequence, it's like a 12-minute dance sequence. I was almost crying. I mean, it was so incredible. Uh, what else? The original production of Grease, and I'll tell you my Grease story in, uh, in just a minute. This off-Broadway musical, Enter Laughing, and it was a re remake of this musical, So Long, 174th Street, which kind of bombed on Broadway. Robert Morris started in the original. They did this at the York Theater Company, and it was so incredibly funny and tuneful, primarily because of the cast. Ten years later, they had a revival, and it was good, but it wasn't as good because the cast wasn't as good. Um, so those are some of my favorite. Come From Away mm -hmm. is, I mean, for a while, I could not play any songs on the station because I'd, I'd start tearing up if I had to mention Come From Away. I mean, and I always wonder for individuals that were too young or maybe not even born yet on 9-11, and if they see Come From Away, is it still going to have that effect is it going to resonate with them because i mean they weren't they didn't go to work that day and turn on the tv mm -hmm. and and witness and come from away i mean it's still very hard for me to talk about it and one of my bucket list items is to eventually go to gander like with a check and 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 like go to the mayor's office and just start. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'd probably just start like crying. Um, so anyway, those are some of my, my favorites. Um, and then when it comes to composers, yeah, because kind of old school Rogers and Hammerstein, Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, love David Yazbek, um, who's you know, more recent. Um, but you know, even composers that you've never heard of. Oh, here's a great show or two. Awesome. And, and going back to your, your comments about Come From, Come From Away, I, I've actually thought about that. Of One of the things I think make that show fantastic is, is the audience's ability to fill in the blanks and kind of put two and two together that aren't being said. And for people who didn't live through that moment, I, I, have, I have wondered that. Like, do you, does the weight of what's being said or, or further what's not being said hit you? That moment when when she calls up Beulah and go, it's over. Do you, do you, does your heart just drop in your, do you get what this means? You know, and, oh, that, that yeah. show is in my top three. Cause it's, yeah. I've never been to it and not been moved. I know every line of the show and I'm still, I leave the theater moved. And that's the, that's a testament to how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go see it before it closes. I mean, a, a yeah. lot of shows, big, big shows have just announced they're closing the, Revival of Company is closing, Dear Evan Hansen, the Tina Turner musical, and Come From Away, I think, is October. Well, so I'm, I'm hoping to go see it one more time. So, again, I could just be sitting there and be a basket case and have the person next to me go, you know, think, like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Maybe I'll be the guy next to you That's, and we'll okay. just be basket cases together. It'll be all right. Um. So have you seen any great theater lately that you might recommend to our listeners? So I would say 
right now, um, the musical six is so much fun. It's only 80 minutes long. You still pay a lot, but it's, it's 80, <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's just so much fun. Very tuneful, which is hard to, to find these days. Uh, so much energy. If people haven't seen or don't know about it, it's the six wives of Henry the eighth. And they all come back in a sort of concert, like a Ariana, Ariana Grande, or, you know, some of these pop uh, goddesses and the outfits are just crazy. And they're having a sing-off to see who had it worse with uh, Henry VIII. So it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, a Strange Loop, which won the Pulitzer Prize a couple of years ago, just won the Tony Award for Best Musical. It's it's good. It's not one of my favorites. It's it's different. Um, part of it is kind of hard to watch, but uh, if you're looking for something new in the musical theater stage, that's something. Like I said, Come From Away, to me especially because it's closing. That's number one on anyone's list. And then the show that I've seen a couple of times in New York and regionally, it's now off Broadway and it's not a musical, but it's the play that goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you like slapstick and stuff, absolutely hysterical. Um, so, and it's at new world stages, which is off Broadway, but it's not, it's not off Broadway as in, down in the village it's just over i think on 56 like an eighth avenue so it's just a hop skip and a jump from broadway it's a great theater complex but and it's a lot cheaper because it is off broadway but that is a very funny show too so those are some of the ones that are playing out there right now uh, I, I would also mention the sort of gender bender production of sondheim's company which was very also very good and that's closing soon too so something to go go see so what is your favorite part about working in the theater as i mentioned i'm a member of the outer critic circle so i sadly get tickets to any show i want to in new york and, <laughs> you know just go and be able to go to the theater and and you know i am very very lucky because you know i get two center orchestra seats to shows. I mean, I, you know, I saw the music man with Hugh Jackman. I saw hello Dolly with Bette Midler. I, you know, I see all these great, great shows. I'm very, very fortunate. So that's what I really like about the theater. I, 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 I like going to the shows to be enveloped in the show. To me, there is nothing better than live theater, which during the pandemic, was so sad because it wasn't live theater and, and you had some companies doing streaming and some did better than others, but I, 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 I can't watch theater sitting in my living room yes. on the couch, pausing or like, it's like, Oh, I'm going to get some tea. I'm going to get some popcorn. That's not live theater. That's and a movie. When you go to a show, like I said, with an American in Paris and you are just totally blown away there's no other better experience. So that's what I love about going to the theater. And then also educating. I get a lot of people, Stu, what should I go see? What's up there? You know, and you know, okay, well, what do you, what do you like? You know, you know, musicals, dramas, and I do see everything. So it's not just musicals. I'll see comedies. Uh, there's this great show called The Minutes, which is mm -hmm. kind of starts off 
funny and, and becomes almost like a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. Um, and that's unfortunately closing in a couple of weeks. So I see everything. And so I, I like to be that sounding board for people that don't go as often as I do. Maybe go once or twice a year and even regionally, you know, something that is, is touring or at regional theaters. Connecticut is very, very blessed with uh, very well-known, award-winning regional theaters. So people will say, oh, did you go see this? Or maybe I'll say, oh, you need to go see, this is a great show playing down at like Long Wharf in New Haven or Hartford Stage or Westport, Connecticut. Yeah. I would love to go see some shows actually up in Connecticut because I, I feel like every there's a lot of shows not only that start in Connecticut, but like especially in the summer, a lot of people from Broadway go up Connecticut, Massachusetts, Main Way, and they do some amazing shows up there. And that's where a lot of shows are developed too. There's there's some great stuff being done up there that I that I've seen on the social media that's happening, and I'm like I I'm gonna keep my finger on this. This looks pretty good, you know. So well, well speaking of that, uh, I'm 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 hopefully gonna go up to Maine at the Agonquit Playhouse, which is one of the oldest mm-hmm. summer theaters in, in in the country, but they are doing. The Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. Now, many people don't know that Marvin Hamlish wrote the music, and I think it had its world premiere in Nashville, Tennessee, a number of years ago. I remember it reading great reviews, and then he died, and the show just kind of vanished. So they're doing a production up in at the Agonquit, and then they're doing a world premiere uh, based on the movie Mr. Holland's Opus, mm-hmm. which nice tearjerker of a movie uh, so you know that's happening regionally it's not happening in, in new york now who knows are those shows eventually going to come down to broadway or off broadway i don't know um and in connecticut like you said you know again here's some theater history but there's the goodspeed playhouse goodspeed opera um, company in east haddon connecticut one of the oldest in country. I think it's the only regional theater to win the Tony Award twice for best regional theater. Annie started there. Shenandoah started there. Man of La Mancha started there before going to New York. So you're right. There's a lot of shows. Anastasia at Hartford Stage a couple of years ago. Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder started at Hartford Stage before moving to Broadway. So yes, there's a lot here. It's like it's like Broadway or New York sandbox up there. They just they'll play with anything and then you're like Okay, so what are we what are we bringing down? What do I not have to take the train way up to? So I'm excited to see all what what can come down. So, so what is your favorite theater memory? I will give you two. I'll uh, give you a happy memory and a uh, I wish memory. So, what would you like first, happy or sad? Let's do the sad one first. We can end on the happy one. Okay. <laughs> so. Everyone's heard of a musical called Rent. Mm-hmm. I, because I read a lot and kind of, you know, what's the buzz? So I, I knew Rent was big when it was off-Broadway or off-off-Broadway at the New York Theater, the New York Theater Company. And I called and said, hi, you know, I work at this college station. And they were so excited. Oh, we want the college market. We want, but that's before rent blew up then the reviews came out and you know moved to broadway and then when i called well my phone calls weren't being returned 
And I was persistent. And I finally, and this was before I was a member of the outer critic circle. So I was, I had to really be persistent to get press seats. Finally got press seats, but the person said, okay, you got seats for this day. If you don't take that day, you will never see rent. And this is with the original cast, Adina Menzel, uh, 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 Daphne Rubin Vega, I mean, all these people. Well, the one day they gave me, I already had press seats for this musical, Big. Big the musical based on the movie. And I remember thinking, and I don't know why I didn't just cancel my big tickets, but I remember being at a street corner in Manhattan and going, well, I'm going to have to call rent and say, thank you, but no thank you. And I thought the producer, whoever I was talking to would be sympathetic and, well, you know, maybe we could do something. And I told him, he said, okay, thank you. Click. And I went to see big, which I enjoyed, but big also opened the year of rent on Broadway and rent just sucked the life out of Broadway. So big closed very quickly. And it took me a couple of years before I got my press seats to rent. But by that time, the original cast had left. It was still a great show, but it was one of those, oh, I could have been there in the audience that would have gone berserk because it would have been one of the first shows at the Nederlander Theater. So that was, that's my regret. My happy story is when I was, and I, I just pinpoint this the other day. I used to say my freshman year in high school, I think it was the fall of my sophomore year in high school. A friend of mine came to me one day and said, hey, Stu, do you want to go to New York to see a show? I have twofers for this, music, for this play called Twigs. People of a certain age will know what twofers are. These were colored coupons for shows. And they were, they were in educational settings, community centers, religious places. And they were just like a, like a box of coupons. And they were literally two for one. So you'd, you'd go to the box office and say, hi, I want an orchestra seat for show X. You pay one price, you get two tickets. So the show Twigs was a comedy. I knew nothing about it. My friend said, oh, it's a comedy. You know, someone won a Tony Award. Okay. We take a bus from Central Jersey to New York. This is 1972. Times Square was not the Disney Times Square. It was the (laughs) Triple X Times Square. And to this day, I can't believe my parents let, you know, these two, what, 14-year-olds take a bus from New Jersey to New York to see a show. I remember hiding a $5 bill in my shoe in case I was mugged. I'd still have, like, money to get home. So... We walked to the box office to exchange our tickets, the twofers for twigs, for twig. We get there. Box office is kind of dark. As we get closer, there's a piece of paper stuck to the window. Twigs has closed for its national tour, refunds around the corner. I look at my friend. I feel like like choking him to death. He's like, oh, no problem. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just go see another show. Okay, what are we going to do? So we're just wandering around Times Square looking at marquees. And there was a show called Sugar based on the movie, Some Like It Hot, Robert Morris, Tony Roberts. Let's go see this. I don't want to see it. And he's pointing to this other thing. I don't want to see this show. Oh, come on, please. Okay, fine. The show was Grease. We paid less than $8 
full price for a Saturday matinee orchestra seat. Go see the show. Now, um, I'm actually, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Greece opening like this, like last month. So I'm doing some research on it. So Greece started off at the Eden Theater off Broadway, went to the Broadhurst for a couple of months, then moved to the Royale. So I, I keep all my playbills. I looked, oh yeah, I was at the Broadhurst. So the entire original cast, except for Adrian Barbeau, who some people might remember for the TV series Maud with Beatrice Arthur, she was the daughter. She left Greece to go to Maud. Everyone else was in the cast. Barry Botswick was Danny Zuko. Alan Paul was the teen angel. Look up Alan Paul and you'll find out he was the co-founders of the Manhattan Transfer. So went to see Greece. It was the funniest, most tuneful musical. It was, and it, another thing about Greece, the original, it was kind of raunchy. You know, they've cleaned things up over the years. Um, so that's, that's how I saw Greece. And because it was so much fun, my friend and I, every so often, we take the bus to New York to see shows. And sometimes they were great. I saw John Lithgow in his Broadway debut in a drama called The Changing Room. And remember, we had front row seats and they had these like, I don't know, they had these squirt bottles or something. I remember a cap from one of the bottles flew into the orchestra and I, it came right to me. I'm like, wow, I got a souvenir from, from, a, from a Broadway show. So, um, so a lot of memories with, um, with shows throughout the years. But those are two that really stand out. That is amazing. I, and actually, I, not, not, to, not to at all say your thunder, but Greece was the last show that I actually worked as a dresser that pre-pandemic. The last, the last show I got to work was Greece. Oh, wait, was that an original? Yep, yep. My, I was a dresser at Pioneer Theater Company in Salt Lake City, and uh, I, their finale in 2000, of their 2018-19 season was Greece. I left after that because my wife and I were supposed to move here to New York <laughs> shortly after in 2020. And then, you know, slight hiccup. Um, so, yeah, that was my last show. And, and at first when they announced it, I was like, oh, it's Greece. Like, who wants to do that? Then I ran the show and I was like, you know, this is a guilty pleasure. Like, it is a lot of fun. It's, <clears throat> it's a hoot. It's, it, it I is. can only I, imagine what the original was like, though. Oh, I, I mean, you know, this was... 50 years ago. So um, I just remember having a lot of fun. Um, I'm not always pleased with productions nowadays because they incorporate a number of the hit songs from the movie. Movie. Mm -hmm. The movie was like one of the biggest, if not the biggest of 1978. And they, they omit some songs. So a lot of shows, they omit the very opening, which is the alma mater, the alma mater parody, which Mm -hmm. kind of sets the tone for the show because they open with Grease is the word. And it's like, yep. yeah, that's not the show. But, you know, that's me. I mean, they're not, they're not looking to please me. They're looking to please the other 90% of the people that want the songs from the movie in, in, the, in the theatrical production nowadays. I completely agree with you, though. Completely. So there, are there any other like projects or any big plans with the radio station or with you that you have going or, or coming down the pipeline that we can maybe plug at this moment for you? 
Well, the main thing is it's soundsofbroadway.com. And one of the things, well, we like I said earlier, there's a lot on the website. So for example, I do a daily composer series. So there's a different composer every day of the week. Today, Sondheim. Tomorrow, Sheldon Harnick, Jerry Bach. The next day, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, I also do a podcast called Sounds of Broadway. Oh, surprise, surprise. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's called On Broadway. And I sort of do what you do, you know, and I do a lot of interviews and, and all that is linked off of the website. So if you go there, it's not just, oh, I'll click on the button to listen, but you can explore a lot of different resources. And, and like I said earlier, I, I, I just, I love trivia. And if, if you like trivia, you could be a, like a kid in a candy store because I think we have 100 archived and they're all thematic. So it could be the lyrics of Rogers and Hammerstein or the musicals of Stephen Schwartz, or uh, it could be a quiz about animals in songs. So you can pick and choose, but you know, those are the things that you know, I want people to explore in addition to the music. And like I said, the podcast, I think I have <laughs> doing the podcast before people knew what podcasts were, you know, I have like 600 episodes or something. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, it's nicely marked so you can see who I'm talking to a lot of authors of books that about musical theater. So um, a lot of fun stuff. That is incredible. I'm looking forward to jumping on the podcast train as well as the radio station. I love a good podcast to listen to, especially going on the train or cleaning the house, you know, those daily things. So um, if our listeners want to get more information about the radio station or uh, get in contact with you or anything, how can they do that? We've obviously got the sounds of Broadway.com. Um, is there an email or anything else that they can reach out to? So right on the website, one of the, t- the tabs at the top, it says contact. And it's, it's a difficult email address. It's Stuart at sounds of Broadway.com. Uh, but it's there and it's Stuart S T U A R T. Uh, but again, right there is the email and I guarantee I said 24 hours. Let me, ex- let me extend that to 48 hours in case, you know, I'm uh, busy one day, but I will get back to you. Um, and if you know, any comments, suggestions, you know, you could be you know, critical or you could, whatever you say. I mean, I, I don't care what people have to offer or um, I mean, I do care, but you know, I can take whatever comments people have. And, um, and, you know, again, I, I have had some listeners that said, well, you know, you're playing a lot of forbidden Broadway. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, maybe I was. So, you know, I cut back. So I, I just love to engage with the listeners. So again, sounds and click on the contact tab. Boom. You'll get the um, email that you can contact me. Would love to hear from everybody. Done and done. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us here today on Whisper in the Wings. It has been an absolute joy talking with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Always, as I tell people, and I've told them at at work before I retired, never put a microphone in front of me because I'll 
you know, if you put a microphone in front of me, I will talk. So always, <laughs> always glad to talk about Sounds of the Broadway. And it's, it's been great uh, talking with you today. Thank you. Our guest today has been Stuart Brown, who is the founder, manager, just head honcho of the radio station Sounds of Broadway. You can get all the information. You can find the radio station at soundsofbroadway.com. Uh, you can also email him at Stuart at soundsofbroadway.com. We're going to have a link to this as well as all this information uh, in the show notes as well as on our social media. Um, make sure you tune in. I know we're going to be. This is exciting. What a great way for theater fans to, to just stay, stay in touch with the musical theater world throughout their daily life. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by The Good Louds, William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.